This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Hey, lovers, and welcome to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm your sex expert, Dr. Cat. Oh, God, I love, 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 love the female figure. <laughs> and I don't know anybody who would argue me with that because it's so perfect with its soft curves and its lusciousness and just, oh, the just perfection of the, the, the shape. And I, I swear the woman's body is just pure art. And yet, For so many women, they struggle with seeing their own bodies as art. And more than likely because of experiences that we've, that we've had across our lifetimes that have involved projections from other people and their own internal struggles around the female body. And I was just reading an article before the show, before I hopped onto the show this morning about Jessica Simpson, who was expressing upset about a recent Vogue article that went out that was right written about her years ago and being body shamed for having breasts and wearing a glow cut top that the journalist wrote very descriptively, like in depth about her breasts in this dress. And while we've, we have made so many strides in changing the conversation around our bodies and we've created these movements to free the nipple and, and you know, talk about not wearing bras under, under t-shirts or especially during quarantine right now where people are like, oh, my breasts are finally free. <laughs> I believe that the messages we've received about our breasts and the shame attached with them is so deeply ingrained that it's still going to take us a while to free, like fully free the nipple and everything associated with it. I mean it. Now, can you even imagine how these messages and how the shame attached with it is impacting our health and impacting our potential for our sexual enjoyment? probably not as juicy or as many juicy orgasms as there could be in this world. And that's exactly what we're getting into today. Booby love! In this episode, we are going to second base with Rhea Campbell here to teach us why it's important to titillate our titties to orgasm or how self-care can be super sexy and not just so boring. But before we get to Rhea, I want to thank you all for tuning in. I want to thank you for your reviews that help me gain points in the podcast stratosphere. And if you haven't done that, go over to iTunes and write me one today. And I love you forever. I want to thank you all for letting me know on Instagram how these podcasts have influenced you. Like I love reading messages to hear about your sexual journey. It's so exciting for me. And it's literally my pleasure. 
My goal here is to help you to eat, play, and sex better. And if you haven't already, please head to eatplaysex.com where you can subscribe to the show. I've got so many sexy guides to help you on the way, and you can really up-level your sex, love, and vitality. Now, to this incredibly inspiring woman that I have today. I'm so excited to have her here. Like I'm literally bouncing in my seat. This is great. Um, <laughs> she can't see me right now, but, but I am. <laughs> Rhea Campbell, thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you, Kat. This is such an honor to be here and be able to share with your audience today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my, me too. I was just reminiscing as I was writing out your bio in here. Um, when we met, you and I met, I don't know. I have no idea if you even remember this, but we met at this, um, at this event by Lizzie. Oh shoot. I'm blinking on her name. Lizzie Jeff. I do remember. Yes. Yes. Lizzie Jeff. Incredible experience. Yeah. And it was so, it, it was combining cannabis with women empowerment and the goddess movement. And it was, and you and I sat down next to tarot cards. I think somebody was reading my tarot card and you were talking about breast health. And I was like, girl, I think we're going to be friends. And, and you gave me one of your products, which we'll talk about. Um, I'd love for you to share with our listeners about it, but like, I swear that changed my, I, I started practicing more, um, like being more present with my breasts. So you helped me shift, uh, shift the attention towards my breasts. Thank you very much. I just want to let you know. I don't know if I ever told you that. That is so great. I have so much gratitude. <laughs> Thank you for telling yeah. me that music in my <laughs> Yes. And so share with our, with our listeners a little bit about the magic that you do, the work that you do around breasts. Okay. I really have been working with women for the past three years um, as a certified thermography technician. And so what we do at my clinic in Mendocino County is breast screening um, using a thermography camera. So it's an alternative form of um, breast screening for cancer and precancerous unwanted conditions in the breast that is radiation free and contact free. It's one of the five methods um, available to a woman for breast screening. So um, through that experience, I've just um, you know worked with a number of women and almost all women have um, you know, some sort of story, some sort of experience, some sort of challenge um, with their breasts and with their breast health. And so I really was on a mission to try to shift that and try to really make it more to normalize the conversation about breast health and to teach women about how to take care of their breasts um, in a proactive way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you even, so you're the founder of, um, bosom, bosom wellness, right? Yes. So along, um, the journey of 
Um, really working with breast screening, um, one thing that I learned from my mentor and then began to experience with my own clientele is that um, breast massage is such a powerful way of influencing the breasts in a positive way. And um, it can oftentimes reverse just simply the addition of a breast massage to a woman's regular routine can reverse um, inflammation and um, unwanted conditions, pain, inflammation, um, cystic conditions, fibrocystic conditions um, that a woman can experience during her breast health journey. So um, I became fascinated with this because um, I was seeing women who would come in and get a high risk um, rating uh, on their thermogram and they would take the breast health tips um, and come back three months later um, to rescan, and we would see a huge improvement, a drastic um, difference in the picture of their breath. Uh, an improvement like that, you know, what have you been doing? What changes have you made in your lifestyle? And it was obvious that um, time and time again, the thing women would say, would be breast massage. I started doing the breast massage. So mm-hmm. I really started seeing the breast massage as, you know, and, and there is a lot of research involved with, you know, just massage in and of itself and how stimulation um, of the lymphatic system and the circulation system really helps to support well being and vitality. Um, but I became sure. really interested in inspiring more women to know about the breast massage because it was, you know, my experience that most of my clients, if they were first time clients, you know, hadn't heard of a breast massage before, had no idea how to re- do a breast massage, hadn't ever mm-hmm. received a breast massage. So that kind of became my my goal was to, you know, raise awareness about this wonderful practice. And so I founded my brand bosom wellness, um, to kind of as a lifestyle brand to inspire women, teach women and empower women with, um, products that are safe, that are, um, sensual, that are just amazing and delicious and wonderful. And also, um, education and information, to like live their breast life, you know, to fully thrive oh my God, that's and have so cute. healthy, you know, happy boobies. <laughs> yes. I want happy, healthy boobies too. Everyone does. And that's what everyone, I mean, we, you know, we would think that we do, but it, it just kind of like what I was saying earlier around these conversations that we have around our breasts, it, it still just blows my mind how many, first of all, how many women uh, don't touch their breasts at all, except when they're in the shower or if a partner is touching them, you know, during sex. And it just makes me think of like, I mean, I think we're perpetuating this society that's very disconnected from our bodies, but, um, and from what I see is because of the negative body image messages that we receive like why would we touch or why would we pleasure our body when people just give us this whole load of shame Mm -hmm. yeah we're taught from adolescence to you know cover our breasts and to disconnect from feeling them you know and to understand Mm -hmm. 
you know, we're taught to understand the negative power that they have over, you know, society at large, you know, and I really do believe that a huge part of the epidemic of breast cancer goes hand in hand with this uh, epidemic of lack of appreciating like the woman, the female body, or just the entire body, everyone's body, but especially in, in regards to our breasts and, you know, almost every woman has a story of a negative experience, a shame experience. And, and the women that don't are incredibly, incredibly blessed, you know, but most of us have been touched deep down by cultural programming that is mm -hmm. negative, you know, that our breasts are too small, that our breasts are too big, that our breasts aren't shaped mm -hmm. right, you know, that our breasts won't be desired, um, that our breasts led to, you know, being perceived as slutty or, you know, there's just endless, you know, archetypical stories about, you know, how women have been kind of repressed in regards to the breasts and the power that they really contain. Um, and that's really a shame because, you know, there is fascinating new research that, you know, is looking into the connection of breast stimulation and po breast positivity and reducing your risk factors for breast cancer. You know, I come back and think about some of these stories from when I was an adolescent and this, and you're right, when I was starting to, to develop my body, I developed way earlier than the rest of my class. And so I had these little peaky things and no bra because it wasn't something that really we talked about at my house or you know, it was just kind of natural. And then I started getting made fun of for that and being made fun of these peaks and these mountains, you know, and I was just like, made me feel so shy and so just wanting to cover up and not show myself. So like wearing, wearing swimming suits was always very self-conscious. I was always very self-conscious. And then, and that really led into my high school years as well of how, how stick thin and, and put, you know, tight together. Can I make my body so that it's not curvular, curvular, mm -hmm. curvaceous? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we, you know, we're given our training bra basically as soon as our breasts start to flower and the training bra is like, you know, the symbol, like cover them up, do not let people see them. And I don't know if it was the same for you as it was for me, but the first week of wearing a bra was torture. I vividly remember mm. it. It was itchy. It was hot. It was completely, it like consumed my mind with like how hard it felt to be like strapped into this, you know, thing. And as soon as I would get mm -hmm. home from school, I would like tear it off, you know, and it would be this weird, um, you know, kind of moment at the beginning of the, the day, like, okay, now I need to put it on. And I really mm. think that, you know, 
that is the real beginning of starting to disconnect and not feel our breasts. You know, we're not supposed to feel them. You know, it's utterly shameful if they become stimulated during the day by your t-shirt, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, so from that beginning moment until, you know, fast forward to when we're an adult woman and we don't even think about it. We don't even feel our bra anymore. We just put it on and, it's like an armor. We put it on for the beginning of our day. We go throughout the entire day. Um, and our breasts are really strapped in for the ride. It's strapped in for the ride. That's right. (laughs) You know, and and it it makes me wonder because I, like you said, I've become, you know, adjusted to it. I guess it's become normal for me. And so it does feel just very noticeable without it. Like when I'm just wearing a t-shirt, you're right. I do get stimulated (laughs) by my nipples on the, on the shirt. And it's just like, wow, you know, and it's almost, it's, it can be almost too much. Mm -hmm. If that sounds right, because it's, it's like when you're wearing a bra, you're not as feeling, you're not as much in the, in the sensation of it. Exactly. And we're kind of conditioned at this point to that level of feeling is, you know, not comfortable for being out in culture, you know, for being out and about, um, in society and, you know, that's okay. And I support, I support wearing bras. I know a lot of my clients absolutely have to have their bras, love their bras. And, and, you know, what I always teach is like, whatever makes you comfortable is great. Mm -hmm. But if you do wear a bra, make sure that you wear it with consciousness and awareness. And when you take it off, when you are ready to finally, you know, breathe again and feel again, there needs to come this moment of reconnection um, at the end of that experience, you know, so that when you take Mm. off your bra, that's a perfect time to like do a breast massage or even if you're too tired for that to just, you know, really squeeze your breasts and just rub them underneath the breast against the bone where the underwire was, you know, if you can see any marks in your skin at all from where you were wearing your bra when you take it off, then that is a sign that your lymphatic system has been really being choked by, um, and your circulatory system as well as really being choked and stagnated and you can't, you don't have flow when, um, when blood flow is constricted and when, you know, we're wearing something tight, like a band and, um, Mm. like we know from Chinese medicine and also from what we understand about the lymphatic system that the breasts are really meant to be in a state of flow. Um, we end up with breast conditions like fibrocystic breasts, um, and cystic breasts where, um, when there's stagnation and Mm -hmm. when we don't have flow. Yeah. So we really want to reconnect with the breasts when, when, um, when we take off our bra, um, rubbing them, squeezing them, just touching them lightly, um, will actually is very, has a profound effect on, um, stimulating lymphatic flow, circulation, blood flow. And so that will bring healthy oxygenated blood cells into the breast. It'll bring fresh, um, healthy lymphatic 
um, fluids into the breasts and it will encourage the lymphatic system, um, which is actually um, running all through the breast tissue to um, remove toxic debris that um, was trapped in the breast all day long while you were wearing your bra. Wait, what? Mm -hmm. Okay. So explain that, like go into that, the lymphatic system. What is that for anybody who doesn't know here? Okay. So the lymphatic system is our body's kind of, um, system for eliminating, um, cellular debris, toxins, um, microbes, anything Mm -hmm. that is foreign in our body that we need to get out, as well as delivering a lot of our immunity cells into the areas that are fighting infection in our body or wherever there's, you know, some sort of um, activity in the immune system. So um, if you have like a swollen lymph node, for example, you've experienced um, an area where your lymph fluid has been collecting a lot of cellular debris um, for Mm -hmm. removal. So the lymphatic system, although it runs throughout the entire body, it's actually really interesting how um, some of the major portals of the lymph system run along um, in parallel to a lot of our erogenous zones. So um, for example, the neck, the breasts, under the arms, um, the groin, the stomach, and behind the knees, behind the elbows. Mm -hmm. So this whole area where we love to be touched gently um, and that awakens our, you know, feelings of pleasure is actually connected to our lymphatic system. And so um, a huge part of the lymphatic system is intersecting our breast tissue. There's actually the father who, the the person who, you know, discovered and really the first researcher um, regarding the lymphatic system is named Sape. And the nipple, right behind the nipple is an area called the Sape plexus, which is basically uh, where right behind our nipple, where our nipple skin actually is continuous with our um, milk ducts and leads directly into our lymphatic system. Mm. So what happens is we um, have a tendency to store toxins in our fat cells and our breasts are largely um, consisting of fat cells. So we're storing a lot of toxins in our breast tissue actually. And as well as our breasts have um, a large number of estrogen receptors. And when estrogen, once estrogen has done its thing in our body, it actually becomes toxic and very important that we cleanse it out and get rid of it. So a large part of that is the job of the liver. Um, So we have like a huge concentration of estrogen and stagnant estrogen can occur in the breast tissue. So we want a healthy flowing lymphatic system to um, Mm -hmm. remove this cellular debris, free radicals, all sorts of things that um, find their way into our body that we want to get out from the breast tissue. And Mm -hmm. so in order for that to happen, um, the breasts need to move, the breasts need to breathe. The lymphatic system kind of relies on the movement of the breasts and the movement of um, 
like the jiggling almost of the mm-hmm. breasts and the light touching. Um, in fact, manual lymphatic drainage is a massage technique that is used medically for people who have problems with their lymphatic system or having issues with sluggish lymph system to um, help stimulate and restore health to the lymph system. And it's a very light stroking touch, very similar to like a rhythmic licking like that a cat might do or something like that. So this light stroking touch that we do along the surface of the breasts helps to restore lymphatic flow. Oh my God, Rhea, I'm like so turned on right now. Is that normal? (laughs) It's so healthy. It's so good for you. Yes. (laughs) She's like talking about light touch and like licking like a cat. And I'm like, oh oh my God. Oh my God. I'm over here just getting so aroused. (laughs) Is that so, because I can imagine, you know, you're talking about the clinical aspect of this and and like drainage and the health of it and getting the fluids flowing and and removing the toxins. But I, I, if I'm having this physiological reaction to turn on, this must also impact our sexuality. Oh, yes, absolutely. The breasts and the nipples are directly connected, actually, to um, the the area in the brain that is connected to and lights up when we, like, it's called the genital cortex of the brain. So um, yeah, our breasts and our nipples and understanding how stimulating our nipples actually helps to stimulate our lady parts down low um, is absolutely magical and beautiful. Oh my God, tell me more. Yeah. So there's 800 nerve endings actually in the breasts, in the nipples alone. And so these light up the same area of the brain. It's called the genital sensory cortex, which empowers your orgasm, enables you to have an orgasm. Um, So yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting scientific research. I'm into it. So that's interesting. Yeah. So that's interesting that you say that um, when in our, in my tantric practice, that's something that we talk about a lot. You know, we talk about um, not localizing the attention to just the genitals, but by, you know, waking up the entire man and woman's body helps them to sink into a greater experience of, um, uh, arousal and of orgasm. And so, especially around the breast area, and um, you and I had talked about before about this whole idea of um, nipple orgasms. And I, that piqued my interest. I was like, oh, sign me up there. I've never had a nipple orgasm. Like, what exactly is that? Well, exactly. It is an orgasm that you feel in, you know, in your lower lady parts where, you know, you feel that deep rumbling orgasm in your lower body, but it actually is triggered by nothing but nipple stimulation. So it can occur. It's well known that it does occur even when women are breastfeeding. So yeah, it's, it's not very, it's not very (laughs) common to talk about it, but it is a fact um, that, you know, since the beginning of time, women have experienced pleasure from breastfeeding. And it's actually 
really, really interesting because um, the what happens is the when when women are breastfeeding, um, they are stimulating the endocrine system. The endocrine system is releasing prolactin, serotonin, and oxytocin that are helping the mother um, feel motherly, feel bonded to her child, um, feel this bliss sensation that is well-documented that comes when you're breastfeeding. And all of those same uh, hormones are stimulated um, and released with just nipple stimulation outside of breastfeeding. So yeah, it's really interesting um, the way women can receive um, the same health benefits, which, you know, it's well known that breastfeeding reduces your risk of breast cancer, ovarian cancer, other forms, cervical cancer. Um, so uh, you can receive that same benefit from regular nipple stimulation. And in fact, um, inadequate nipple care is kind of how they term it in the medical, you know, texts um, can lead to um, physiological, you know, challenges with the breast later on in life. So um, actually empowering women to understand how stimulating their nipple is a really important part of breast care um, is a really big part of why I'm trying to, you know, raise awareness about this because inadequate nipple care leads to physiological challenges and, um, you know, it's so simple, it's free, it's easy, um, it's pleasurable, it feels good, it's so good for you. Um, so everyone here's, should be here's what it. I'm, everybody should do this. So here's what I'm wondering. A, I don't have a baby to suck on my nipple to, to make me have nipple orgasms. <laughs> and I also, so do I get nipple clamps? Do I like, how do I, how do I do this? How do I lead, give me all your secrets to the nipple <laughs> orgasm? <laughs> Well, okay. If you really want to know, they actually Girl, I want to know. <laughs> they do make. They're called nipple cups. Of course, there's nipple clamps. Um, there's you know all sorts of different ways, little toys for nipples. But if you really want to go for the stimulating the sucking sensation, which is probably you know highly likely to have the most health benefits, like a nipple cup versus, you know, a nipple clamp is probably going to have more health benefits. And really what we're going for here is releasing the oxytocin and getting all that good stuff flowing. So, um, yeah, they have nipple cups and, um, they're just little silicone cups. You can lubricate them and just actually use them on yourself or people use them in partner um, practice as well. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, they just, um, you know, simulate the experience of having your nipples sucked, um, which is fantastic. Okay. So you can get toys for your you own can. nipple play. <laughs> and I would argue that it would be a fantastic and very important, like if for whatever reason, you know, it was a period of your life where you didn't have um, access to nipple stimulation, I think that it would be like a vital practice for breast health and, you know, beyond sexual health, which is so in and of itself so important for the functioning of our, again, lymphatic system, immune system, and whole 
body, but mm-hmm. definitely, certainly for stimulating the um, lymphatic detox process of the breast tissue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually have a daily breast massage practice that I do. So I do um, breast, uh, or I have a dry brush that I start with when I first wake up to get the circulation going. I do use bosom wellness, um, the the oil to do my own breast massage before I take a shower, and I um, um, I also have a gua sha stone that I'll use to help flush out anything. Beautiful. That's- yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the gua sha practice is fantastic. Oh my god, I'm obsessed with it. It's really made a huge difference. And for anybody who doesn't know what a gua sha stone is, it is a flattened stone that's mine's made out of jade, but you can get it in different types of stones, and you scrape it along your your skin to push fluids out of the area into. Um, where the ducts, so it can um, flush out of the the body again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I've noticed with the sensitivity in my body increase. Like after I dry brush, my whole body's just like turned on and alive. I'm way more sensitive. Absolutely. And that is because the lymphatic system has just been turned on and is flowing. And that is the state of flow, which, you know, really is, you know, that healthy, juicy place that we want to live in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it gets me connected with my body. So if I start in the morning, it's like, Ooh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm treating my body. I'm connecting with her. And so for any woman who's wondering about how they can change the relationship with their body and body image, I swear by this creating a body practice in the morning or a body worship or a breast worship, breast worship, any of that to where we're really being with the body made a huge difference in myself. I feel more sensual. I feel more, uh, in my body and, and giving it that time versus just jumping straight into working on my laptop where it just perpetuates at more of a headspace instead of a relaxed body space. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is this, what is, what is your current practice look like? What sort of things do you do? I am loving my self-care practice right now. I don't know about you, but this quarantine time has been like a game changer for me to finally like really create some healthy habits. You know, I have a lot of um, self-care practices in my, in my um, bag of, you know, things that I can pull from, but in my life, you know, the busyness and, you know, the flow of everything, I just haven't been able to have like a consistent practice. Like I finally have manifested during this time of quarantine. And it's really helped me to see how, when I'm doing these practices, I am so much more alive. I'm so much more tapped in to Mm -hmm. my turn on, which is where I can influence, you know, what I'm working with on such a deeper, you know, more meaningful level. So for me, I've really leveled up my self-care game lately and um, really incorporated more of the breathing exercises. The breathing practice for me right now has been really positive. Mm-hmm. So what does that um, mean? I've been, I've been working with not only, um, well, it kind of began when I started working with my own breathing practice, um, 
which, you know, are some simple Kundalini, you know, breath work exercises that I really enjoy. And then really learning how to take that into um, my practice with my partner. And, you know, once I was tapped into breath, once I was tapped into the power of my own breath, it took about two weeks of consistently doing the practice, learning how to breathe, even, you know, deep diaphragm breathing is something that is not a habit for many of us. You know, we, especially women tend to breathe an upper chest and we tend to have that, you know, low, shallow breathing. And so once I made that shift into deep belly breathing and the feeling of aliveness, when I'm just bathing my cells in oxygen, I was able to really like bring that simple practice into my, um, partner play and into my sexual experience with my husband. Mm -hmm. And, um, we've been, you know, working with that breath work, you know, Kundalini stuff together. And so that's beautiful because it just, you know, provides a whole nother level of like a whole nother layer that adds a sweet richness to our experience that I love. Um, but that's, I guess that can be classified as self-care. <laughs> yeah, girl. I think um, that's so, so much self-care. I love breathing. Yeah, that's good. That works. <laughs> yeah. Oh my um, goodness. So yeah. Would you, when you talk about, so you're talking about sexual play with a partners, are there specific techniques that partners can do that help with the stimulation of the breast or is it just primarily like, ah, oh, just lick it or swirl it or, you know, stick the whole thing in your mouth or <laughs> I don't know. Pretty much almost anything, almost anything goes, I, I think, but I do think I love touching on this aspect because you know, there's self-care and then there's, you know, this deep richness, um, of experiencing, uh, you know, a more colorful and more vibrant sexual experience. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for us as women, our heart is really like the gateway to our sexual pleasure and our nipples are the closest erogenous zone to our heart. Mm-hmm. So the feminine heart is like the gateway to our turn on, our arousal, you know, that sweet space where we can really um, unleash, you know, our sexual animal within, which is so important for us to do. And so when our partner understands the power of working with the breasts and worshiping the breasts and really stopping and spending a moment in that space, um, it can really increase our, our feelings of, you know, just love and gratitude toward, um, our partner and the experience we're having and also our ability to have like, you know, a life changing orgasm. So I really love to talk about the partner aspect because my husband of course is, you know, because of my research and interest in life, you know, he understands, you know, the power of a beautiful breast massage. Mm. Um, but Lucky when you. I talk to women, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, not very many women have experienced just a, you know, have received a breast massage from their partner, a moment of mm. total adoration and worship toward their breasts. And I always say like, you know, if you are in the mood 
and you and your partner is not quite in the mood, you know, offer them a breast massage. And I guarantee by the end of it, they're going to be in the mood. <laughs> like it is an absolute guaranteed way to, you know, stimulate a woman's arousal. And mm. it's so good for, you know, it's so good for our partners. It's so, it's such a gift that we can give during, you know, our lovemaking and our, you know, I say go for the breast massage for foreplay a hundred percent because you're getting the double benefit of all of the wonderful health benefits. Plus like she is going to blow your mind when she releases like her inner divine feminine, you know, and then love that. that. Yes. You know, you tap that through her breasts and through Mm -hmm. her heart. Yeah. Yeah. I love it when partners go there first. I'm like, yes. But again, I think a lot of that has to do with the relationship that you have with your breasts already, you know, cause there's so many, I remember I used to struggle with letting my partners go there because of this, the messages that I still had around them from early on. So I would invite any ladies or even men who have, who, who love women <laughs> and have lady lovers to really consider that and have these conversations, you know, come into expression and vulnerable expression around how you personally see your breasts or, um, as a partner, ask them how they have relationship with them because they may have never talked about it ever, you know, or considered it and may just shy away from it. But here you create the opportunity, hold the, the safe container for that to be processed. Oh, that is so beautiful. And that is really where the deeper cultural change and shift is going to come is in that safe space of, you know, really being able to be real with each other, you know, Mm -hmm. and open up and be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that makes me think about and feeling. Yeah. It makes me think about women who may have, um, gone through breast implants or explant surgery or women who have mastectomies because of um, cancer um, the and how how that impacts the relationships that they have with their breasts. In episode 70 on Eat, Play, Sex with Diane Kayser, we talked about the toxic effects of breast implants and she was talking about she had just had explant surgery. So for her, she was just now redeveloping the relationship that she has with her breasts. And I would have loved to have had this episode to share with her at that time um, as she was rediscovering sensation and, you know, the shape and size. And, and um, so everything that you're sharing here with these practices is just coming to my mind. How do we redefine the relationship that we have? I think this is, this is key. This is it. Absolutely. Yes. A lot of women, I mean, in my own practice, I have worked with women who it's very common for women to report, you know, having numb nipples, having lost sensation, having erratic sensation. Yes. And that is, you know, one of the breast health challenges from, From yes, from any kind of breast surgery at all. It can occur. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's something that can, it's like um, a side effect that can occur at any time whenever you're doing breast surgery. Wow. And, but the good news is, and a lot of people, you know, 
I don't know what everyone's experience is. I only know what the women who I've talked with and shared stories with, you know, is. And a lot of women have learned to reconnect with that part of their body and to really um, find that the breasts are magically resilient. They are really, they can really um, experience a, a challenge, a setback and really come back. Um, they're, they're very resilient and they can heal and recover from damn near anything. And it's really comes down to, you know, if that is your deepest desire, spending time in self-care practice, um, working with, you know, there's different things a woman can do. We can do mirror work. We can do positive affirmations. We can do, um, self self-stimulation and just, it's, it's not a, it's not a like, okay, I'm going to drive from point A to point B, you know, it's a journey and experience. It's a spiritual practice of reconnecting with the self, but nipples are magical and they can actually recover from nipple numbness. It is possible. Mm. Mm, That's so amazing. Mirror. And when you say mirror work, I I have a practice of this too. Actually, I do this in the morning with the other practices and, and that's, um, for me personally, it's it's doing these practices in front of the mirror and um, thinking positive thoughts or speaking positive thoughts out loud or or just holding a an image of of um, pleasure and uh, the intention of pleasure or receptivity or love towards those parts of my body. Yes, yes, and I can really speak from experience on this. I really struggled um, with mirror work. In the Mm. beginning of of starting that practice, I first read Mm -hmm. about mirror work from Louise Hay, and she combines mirror work with like positive affirmations um, that are meant to really restore self-love after any kind of trauma. Mm -hmm. Trauma is another um, reason that another thing that can also lead to nipple numbness for a lot of women um, emotional and or physical trauma. And so, um, Mm, in what way, you know, I don't know that they know how it happens, but any kind of experience of trauma and like any, you know, during your journey as a young woman, you know, through adolescence, um, can really shut down your connection to feeling any kind of pleasure from your breasts. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I can imagine kind of in the same way that our vulva responds, you know, when we aren't paying attention to these areas, it's as if the brain sort of creates this block around it so that we aren't, we aren't connected to the sensitivity there. The, the sensory receptors are still there, but we aren't, the brain is not recognizing the stimulation of it as much. Yes. Yes. And so we want to build a bridge to reconnect with that vital part of our divine feminine energy center. Mm. And we can do that. We can do that with like mirror work. So we're talking about mirror work and, you know, so mirror work is when, and you know, I think it's interesting, the intersection here, because a a good self breast exam actually is uh, a part of that is taking off your shirt and really looking at both your breasts for, and observing them on a, on a level, you know, for um, changes, for differences, um, for things that you haven't seen before, but also 
it can be combined with mirror work so you can infuse that experience instead of you know a self breast exam which is very a little bit disempowering for a lot of women it opens the door to some fearful you know thoughts um, or you know just a sensation of anxiety Mm-hmm. And we can replace that with this positive adoration and love for our body. And like um, the way Louise Hay teaches it is to, you know, say anything like, you know, I love and accept you exactly as you are, mm-hmm. as you're looking into your own eyes or looking into your own nipples, <laughs> doing mm-hmm. some mirror work. And mm-hmm. this is so weird. It can trigger, you know, a whole range of reactions from people where some sure. people immediately love it and some people utterly refuse to even try it. And mm-hmm. on the range of spectrum there, I was more, when I began, you know, this process of like rewilding my breasts, I was way on the extreme side of like, I really don't want to do that. I really don't want to go there. And finding that time to do it was, you know, something I would avoid. Um, But, you know, I finally was able to carve out a safe space for myself to really delve into those emotions and that space and really work with that affirmation process of just, you know, continuously reaffirming my breasts are beautiful. My breasts are healthy. My breasts are here for me to enjoy. Mm -hmm. My breasts are safe for me to enjoy. My breasts are a positive part of my experience as a woman. Um, Really, it does. It's how we build that bridge back to self-love when there's Mm -hmm. been, you know, some kind of... I don't even, in my personal case, I don't even really know it's deep down or I don't really know where the aversion to wanting to try that practice even really came from. But through doing it, I've really been able to go from, you know, a, a place where I was really never comfortable. You know, I always had like the most covering bathing suit to being completely comfortable being topless at, Mm -hmm. you know, in a room full of women at a beautiful, you know, sensual event. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't think I could have gotten there without mirror work and Mm self-love practice. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. You know, that actually reminds me of... um, years ago, I had went, gone to a tantric retreat and, um, there was a room of 40 women and we were all doing our own self breast massage in front of another woman. And I even do that in my own retreats. We actually, I bring your product actually, and teach the women about their own breast massage. And so there's a room full of women and they're all touching themselves and they're crying and they're, you know, we're processing afterward of like, you know, women who've never really given their breasts that attention or all these messages come up. And now that's right in front of them that they have to face that they haven't faced for so long. So it is in my witness, a really powerful experience. Mm. I love that story. I love yeah. hearing that. Yes, that is what I want for every single woman. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes, let's take care of our titties. And speaking of taking care of our titties, um, the 
one thing that you were that you were sharing about earlier, you know, of these different these five different ways that women can get themselves checked for breast health, and then you're also talking about self breast mis- uh, examination. What first of all, what is the proper technique for somebody who is examining themselves, and then what are these these other ways of being able to get that checked just so that every woman can empower themselves to take care of themselves. Mm, Absolutely. Yes. I love talking about this because a lot of women have not heard of thermography. And um, so, you know, just sharing about that is really crucial. Um, So there are five screening methods for the breasts. There are mammograms, thermograms, ultrasounds, MRI, and physical breast exam done by a physician or by, you know, ourself. And there's a really high percentage of women who have discovered their own breast cancers by finding a lump. Mm -hmm. That is why so many women are afraid to do their self-breast exam. Mm-hmm. So what I try to encourage women to do is understand that the earlier the detection, the better, because the breasts can heal, the body can heal. And the sooner we know about any kind of you know stagnation or issue at all, the better so that we can get to work really making those lifestyle changes that are going to support our breast health. And there are so many things that no one's ever heard of. So I really believe in breast screening. And um, for most women, you know, younger, young women can get breast cancer and most women don't really want to have a mammogram until they have to, or unless they have to, and they mm-hmm. don't recommend, you know, that women have regular screenings with a mammogram until they're after 50. Mm -hmm. So what a thermogram is, is an amazing tool um, for assessing um, the physiology of the breasts that doesn't involve radiation and that Mm -hmm. doesn't involve compression. And so it takes um, an infrared image of your breast tissue, which reveals um, several different things. Um, One of them is um, inflammation. The other is the vascular patterns in your breasts. And Mm. the way thermography works is um, that the breasts are symmetrical. And when we see certain physiological patterns in one breast and we don't see that in the other breast, it's an indication that that breast is going through some sort of challenge or crisis. So, um, they, there's a term called angiogenesis. This is like the beginning vascular patterns that start to form uh, when a tumor or a stagnation is, um, is occurring in the breast tissue. Um, and it's very distinct and we can see it on a thermogram very clearly. So if we see that on a thermogram, And you can have the thermogram, it's very affordable. And um, again, there's no pain, no radiation, no risk to the woman in any way, shape or form. Um, You can, you know, be so much more empowered with your physician or practitioner to, you know, make choices for your well-being, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so regular thermograms, you know, that... It is a fantastic way of, you know, keeping an eye on your breast health. And then if 
unwanted conditions are detected through a thermogram, you can then, you know, go and take further steps, you know, to do what you and your practitioner decide you should be doing to restore well-being to your breast tissue. Mm, the other yeah. the other forms and methods, you know, uh, ultrasound is also radiation free. Um, it's an excellent way of looking at masses in the breasts, but oftentimes women will struggle to have to get um, an order, a prescription for an ultrasound if they haven't had a prior mammogram. That's just kind of the way that works. Whereas a thermogram, anyone can go, you know, have an appointment to have a thermogram at any time. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then the physical breast exam kind of segues nicely into breast massage because, you know, no one, I, I love, I super love the feel it on the first thing. I do it, you know, I'm, a daughter of a woman who has survived breast cancer. So for me, that reality of breast cancer is a little more palpable and a little more real. So, you know, I am slightly obsessed with a proactive lifestyle and I do do my feel it on the first, you know, um, self-assessment where I look into the mirror and I do really take a minute and feel my breast tissue to see if anything is going on in there. But also because I do a regular breast massage practice and because I'm so familiar with the topography of my own breasts, I understand the hormonal changes that occur. I know that they get lumpier when um, I'm closer to my period. I know mm -hmm. what my breasts feel like. So for me, you know, I almost don't have to do a physical breast exam because I know I'm going to feel something if I'm doing my breast massage on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, I'm sure of it. So a, a physical breast, you know, exam is absolutely can be life-saving for many women and has been, but also can go hand in hand with a breast massage. So, you know, if you're not comfortable doing that practice, you can just do your regular breast massage practice and take that time to really tune in and say, is there any messages, you know, that I need to hear any whispers that are coming up from my, you know, body intuition about mm -hmm. the health of my breasts? Mm. And are there, because that makes me wonder, you know, you're, as you're talking about, as you get closer to your, um, to your bleeding part of your, of your period, that they can be a little lumpy. And I've noticed that for myself or a little more tender and is, what would be a point or is there a way that we could explain to our listeners when it, when it's a time to get it checked or when what is some symbol that they signal that they're like, okay, I need to get this exam examined by another person. Yeah. Um, there is, you know, in general, I really think that women need to have a proactive positive relationship with their practitioner, um, and really be having, you know, regular, um, breast screenings, pretty much from the time we're, you know, in our twenties all the way through. Um, mm -hmm. there are some ways of understanding that something is a little more concerning. Um, but again, it's so difficult that I, you know, in general, I just advise that everyone have their regular breast screening, especially if it's just a thermogram, it's no risk, it's completely risk-free. And then mm -hmm. you really have, you know, a practitioner there 
who's evaluating. But in general, you know, any kind of like uh, the the sensation of a tumor is going to be a much harder mass. It's going to be a mass that you're going to be, you know, able to kind of like feel distinctly under the surface of the skin and mm-hmm. not move freely under the fingertips. So the the lumpiness that I get in association with my period and feminine cycle is it's in the, the lumps move under the fingertips and it's a little difficult to describe, you know, over the airwaves, but there's a certain fluidity to, um, those lumpies and Mm -hmm. there's a softness to the outside, um, of the lump. There's a certain softness, like a cyst has a tendency to be a little softer and a little, and it can move when you palpate it. Mm-hmm. Um, when you want to immediately, you know, go and see your doctor or practitioner is when you can feel something that is, isn't able to move under the surface of your fingertips when you palpate it. Mm. Oof. That's so amazing. See, I don't think I've ever had anybody explain it to me like that ever, mm-hmm. which is so telling to the education that we have around our bodies as women. And, and I'm a sex educator. And so, you know, but I've never had it explained to me like that as descriptive as you just did. Whew. This whole episode is so empowering. I, you know, as we take this through talking about self-care and how self-care is sexy and how this contributes to, you know, not only just our health, but our, our sexual potential. There's so much juice in this episode. I'm, I'm really amazed with this. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and, and giving us your little golden wisdoms. Thank you. It's been so much fun. I I just absolutely adore sharing this stuff. It's just like you said, it's like we haven't heard it. And the minute you hear it, you're like, that is so profound. I need to share it with like every single woman I know. Mm -hmm. You know, I do. That is kind of, that's how I feel almost every day. I'm like, (laughs) how can I share this with more women? Like, this is so important. You know, this is mind blowing. Yes. Yes. And speaking (laughs) on that, how can women find more about you and the work that you're doing and the product that you've created for women and their breast health? Yay. You can go to my website. I'm so proud. I just relaunched um, my beautiful new website that I designed myself and, you know, did the whole DIY project on my website. And our breast care shop is a beautiful little boutique where you can find not only um, bosoms, breast serums, but also some other tools and goodies. I was actually thinking today during our talk that I should totally add breast nipple cups to my breast care shop. So oh that, I'm really inspired. Check in yes. with me in about two weeks and hopefully I will have found some nipple cups to put on there. But also we have um, dry skin brushes and breast crystals and mm. um, just looking to always, you know, add, you know, products to the breast care shop that really support like holistic lifestyle um and positive, you know, practices for breasts. So and what is um, this the address? website, 
is mm-hmm. uh, com, And the way we spell bosom is B-O-S-M. So Amazing. we've shortened it a little bit. We've dropped an O. It's actually this, this spelling of the word bosom is, um, is an early English form of the word, which actually means the area encircled by the arms, which I very specifically resonate with because I believe that no matter what has happened to your breasts, maybe you have gone flat and you no longer have breasts. Maybe you have had a bilateral mastectomy or a lateral mastectomy, an explant surgery. Like you have the area that you hold your loved ones within, and that is your bosom, and that is your center of your feminine power. No matter if you have breasts anymore or you know, or if you are having a challenging moment in your breast health. So B-O-S-M, bosom wellness. Thank you. (laughs) Oh my God. This is, again, thank you so much for coming on here. And lovers, I want to thank you again for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please head to eatplaysex.com, subscribe to the show, connect with me, and be able to find out more information about Raya's amazing work and bosom wellness. So thank you. And I will see you again on Eat, Play, Sex. Thanks for tuning in, lovers. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out eatplaysex.com. Until next time, don't forget to nourish your sex life.